everybody. Welcome to Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit. My name is Quinn Emmett, and we have a special episode for you today. Since the very beginning, I think, time is a flat circle at this point, uh, at least since almost the very beginning, we've kicked off our conversations with a question that I guess is uh, <laughs> simultaneously tongue-in-cheek, uh, pretty ridiculous, bold, provocative, um, often inspiring. You know it if you're a long-time listener. It's, the question is, is, why are you vital to the survival of the species? It's pretty simple. It is uh, easily taken as outrageous, but it does set the tone a little bit, which is informative and important, if a little irreverent, but it puts these incredible people, our guests, um, humans, uh, these diverse, inclusive humans working on the front lines of the future to save or improve the world, climate, our waters, our health, our ecosystems, kids. It puts them on the spot. Uh, and it's pretty early on in the conversation. Uh, usually, hopefully, the guest's uh, first reaction is to just laugh at me, which, great. But given a moment, we usually find something compelling uh, once I just kind of let them talk. So after 122 or whatever of these conversations, uh, we thought it'd be fun to put together a few of our favorite answers so far, not all of them by any means, there's so many more to pick from, into a, a brief little compilation here. Uh, because, look, so many of you are on those front lines too, right? In policy, in boardrooms or operating rooms, uh, in our forests, in labs, on solar farms, kelp farms, and more. Um, but even more of you are still trying to figure out if you fit into this transformational moment. Short answer, of course you do. Uh, but also how. Um, and so I hope during these tough times uh, that this episode, this, this collection, uh, inspires you a little bit today. Some quick housekeeping before we get to their amazing answers. Uh, we'd love feedback on this episode. You can send questions to us. You can send uh, thoughts and dreams uh, to us on Twitter at importantnotimp, or you can email me right directly at questions at importantnotimportant.com. I'd love to hear what you think about it and whether you're interested in more special episodes like it or other things you'd like us to cover. Um, you can stay up to date, uh, get better informed about what's happening every week, join tens of thousands of other incredible people, uh, and join our free weekly newsletter right at importantnotimportant.com. It's the most important science news of the week. It's analysis and measurable data-driven action steps you can take. You can read it, you can get smarter, and take some action in just 10 minutes. It comes out on Fridays. You can also get a new impactful job alongside some of these folks on the front lines of the future at importantjobs.com. Uh, but also if you have founded or invested in or work for a company or NGO or whatever, a lab doing that kind of work, you can list your open roles there for free uh, at importantjobs.com and get them in front of our entire community in the broader web. And lastly, of course, if you are proud to be a shit giver, if you're proud of being part of this community, you want to tell more folks about it, uh, you can do that in a fun way. You can check out our sustainable t-shirts and hoodies and stickers and coffee mugs and all kinds of shit at importantnotimportant.com slash store. And of course, folks, if you love these answers in this, this compilation episode and you're new here, uh, please go back and check out some of our favorite conversations um, covering everything from climate change to cancer to public health to food and water. 
You can also uh, go to our website at importantnotimportant.com slash podcast to find uh, those episodes more easily. You can learn so much from these folks. I know I have. And of course, please hit the subscribe button right there on your phone. Uh, We've got some amazing stuff coming down the pipe, including a conversation with chef and World Central Kitchen founder, Nobel Peace Prize nominee, Jose Andres, that I'm just so excited uh, to share with you. So that's it. I'm excited to get started and share with you some of our favorite answers to the question, why are you vital to the survival of the species? Here we go. Instead of who are you, we like to ask um, a kind of a ridiculous question, but we do think <laughs> it is important. And it's why are you vital to the survival of the species? And I, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I know, but listen to me, listen to me. Outside Magazine said you're the most influential marine biologist of our time. So I want you. I'm to- pretty sure I'm the only marine biologist they talked to. Well, there you go. Whatever. Be bold. Uh, be honest. You're, you're here for a reason. I don't just mean on this podcast. I mean, on this planet. On the earth. Tell us why you're saving us. Uh, well, why and how are two totally different questions, but sure. Uh, Give me the. I think short more on the how we'll side. Yeah, is I have an interesting perspective on the ocean because I've done a lot of community work. I grew up in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and have also done a lot of science and policy. So I'm really trying to help people connect the dots between science and policy and communication and think about ocean conservation as a social justice issue that really affects our food security, our health, our economies, our cultures. Um, And I think a lot of people think of the ocean as this just like big blue thing that they're not sure what to do with it or why it matters. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to help folks understand the crazy puzzle that is ocean conservation and actually solve it. (laughs) <laughs> I thought this was going to be boxers or briefs. Um, we, oh, we can get into that. No, we we, actually, don't worry. We'll, we got we'll get into that for sure. Yep. <laughs> I think that we, uh, as green Latinos and other activists, are vital to the, spe- the species, the survival of the species, because now is a time when we need activists to be activists. We mm-hmm. have, like we're that. at a moment when... Uh, we have to, uh, I, we're, a lot of people in DC are used to being indoor cats. Uh, we worked with having these comfortable meetings and going sure. to uh, writing letters and, and sending op-eds and doing uh, comments to a regulation. All these things are not effective right now. And so we need to, at this point, learn and, and get our claws back and become outdoor cats. So that we, as a group of activists, can make serious change on the front lines. In order to in order to save the future of society, mm-hmm. we need serious sacrifice, sacrifice of our time, sacrifice of our comfort, our luxuries, our, our security, uh, our safety, uh, in order to make the changes to huge pieces of who we are, capitalism, uh, the way we spend, the way we consume, uh, in order to have a chance of surviving, we need to have large scale social and economic change in this country. And if we don't have that large scale change, which doesn't come from letters, 
and it doesn't come from comments right. to the federal register. So you're saying it doesn't come from tweets or it does come from tweets? Should we be tweeting? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was MLK who said. Um, I just feel yeah, right? like <laughs> I feel like tweets is an aspect of organizing that I may not sure. appreciate myself, but it is effective. And you see that with the dreamers. You see that with the any town, the gun. You see that with the Me Too movement. These no, movements. No, it absolutely is. But we yeah. got to follow it up with with feats in the street. You know, yes. Or whatever the rest of. I, I would like you to continue with the outdoor cat uh, metaphor if you could for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> Big fan of this. Yeah, yeah. With the claws. Yeah. Uh, what I've always thought is my strength is that I'm able to take information from a few different fields, which is kind of what you need to do with a problem like pandemics, with epidemics, because infectious diseases are so fused in this canvas of the social, the economic, right? The scientific, you need to sort of be able to understand a lot of those things. And um, what I think my strength lies in is to be able to look at all those factors and hopefully be semi-effective in teaching about it. I think science communications in in all of its forms are vital to the survival of the species, because I think that we already know so much about this magnificent planet that we live on, and we already know so much about how we can better live on it, that we just need to spread that information around in such a way that people kind of, you know, it resonates with people, that people get motivated and feel empowered to, to take action in their daily mm -hmm. lives. So, you know, I'm... I've dedicated my life to the science communications, but I don't think that I'm, you know, <laughs> necessarily vital to the survival of the species. But, you know, one of the things that I've learned uh, being at the California Academy of Sciences is really how critical uh, science communications is and how important museums are. An interesting fact is that museums get visited more than all ballparks and theme parks combined. Really? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Is that just in the U.S. or is that across yeah, the world? Yeah, yeah, in the U.S. So um, U.S. museums, that's like art museums, science museums, etc., they get uh, 850 million visits a year. Uh, so that's a lot. Jesus. So, you know, people go to them often and they're also um, trusted. And so many of them are free. Yeah, exactly. Go, just go. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think there's just an incredible opportunity to shape the way that we think about the environment and our place on Earth within museums. That's kind of what I think is vital to to the survival of our species. Oh, that very low stakes there. Yeah, yep. we, we like to we like we like to ease you into it. Um, I mean, look, like I am, I am a tiny little cog in what I think is the greatest thing that humans have ever done, which is science. I, I think it's just incredible that we know how the planet works and you know that means that we know what we're doing to the planet and we have an idea for what to expect in the future. Um, so I can't believe they let me do this job. It's so fun um, and it's also so incredible. It's so interesting and then at times it's depressing because um, the science is really super clear on what carbon dioxide is doing. Uh, we know that carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, we know we're emitting a lot of it, and we know the planet is warming up. Um, and so, you know, I, I think 
If I am important, which I don't believe I am, that is my importance, is being allowed to be, you know, a little part of this giant, wonderful enterprise that we call science. Because I'm a journalist and I actually think yes. high quality journalists are incredibly crucial to paying attention to climate change and to connecting something that's science-based to your relationship to your community, be it in policy or in your economy and how your spending choices, all of it. So more information is good. Tom Stoppard said, what, what was the Tom Stoppard quote? Information is light. Light about anything is good. Wow. Um, uh, I don't uh -huh. know that I would say <laughs> that I am vital to the be survival bold, be of the species. <laughs> uh, quite honestly, I do not think I'm <laughs> vital to the survival <laughs> of the human species, but I do try to do my part to make the human species a little bit better in my own communities. And so I think that one way that I am working to do that is by uh, using empathy to drive my science communication. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm from West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia is um, the number one state in the country when it comes to the fewest number of people that believe that global warming is happening, mm -hmm. oh. uh, which is always very frustrating as a West Virginian to sure. know. But, you know, because I'm from that community and from that culture, um, I understand that there's more to it than simply, you know, people not understanding the science. Sure. It's not that these people are ignorant or stupid. There are many, many factors, um, many corporate, yeah, there's a lot of the, on the line. Um, there's a lot of corporate influence from very powerful, rich coal companies mm -hmm. that are, uh, taking advantage of poor communities in West Virginia. And all, obviously the coal industry plays a huge part because that was something that drove a lot of jobs throughout West Virginia for a very long time. Sure. Um, and so for them, they see the whole environmental movement uh, as a movement that, you know, people think of as environmentally friendly, but that is not a movement that has been friendly to them. Sure. So, and they're 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's parts of it that, you know, I think are a little bit overstated, like the fact that, um, you know, there's been more market and economic factors that have been driving the coal industry to its death <laughs> rather than simply environmental regulations. You know, now that there are cheaper alternatives, we work in a capitalistic environment and coal industry that is, you know, not quite the cheapest option in the entire world anymore is not going to live on forever when there are cheaper alternatives. But they want to blame everything or some people want to blame everything on, you know, Obama era environmental regulations. Sure, sure. But there's a lot of factors. What I'm saying basically is that it's a very nuanced issue and that we won't get to that nuance unless we lead with empathy and learn to listen to these communities mm -hmm. because these West Virginia people are good, hardworking, wonderful people that just have a lot of challenges, sure. right? And we won't understand those challenges and help them to move on into the future, to a, a new future that doesn't have to rely on this outdated energy source of coal, um, unless we kind of listen to them and are empathize with their challenges. There's no way to answer that question without some, you know, recognition of hubris. So I'll start with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, 
if there's a contribution that I'm making, uh, it's hopefully, honestly, at the level of enticing other people to want to solve problems with me. Uh, it's not actually the specific problems. I mean, I think, you know, I certainly think the problems I'm working on are important. But, you know, if I was to see myself as somewhat of a catalyst in terms of making this a better future, it's, you know, if I can draw in the right group of folks to, to think in ways that they haven't thought before, uh, to encourage me to think in ways I haven't thought before, and then apply that to, you know, some fundamental understanding of how the world works. I think that's hopefully uh, the best contribution I can hope for. <laughs> sure. Well, I believe mm-hmm. that the role of Creation Justice Ministries, which I'm currently leading, mm-hmm. is really important in survival of the species <laughs> because yes. most people yes. in the United States do identify with a faith community. Mm-hmm. And through our members, we serve about 100,000 churches and 40 million people. And that's a lot of people that need to be involved in our all hands on deck effort to protect the creation from climate devastation. <laughs> yeah, I so I tuned into other episodes where you had asked people. Oh, this, but... oh <laughs> damn it, she knew about it. Yeah. There's so well, many guests who are like, have, what? I don't, but I don't have a great answer either because I feel like <laughs> what have you I been have doing? the same answer, you know, <laughs> that uh, that like Emily Calandrelli gave and stuff of just like, well, I'm not sure that I myself alone uh, am vital people, to the survival. People, come on, you're here for you're at, look, <laughs> look at these look at these people you're you're in the league with that that are so lucky to have you, uh, you know, uh, put it out there for a sec. I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily vital for the survival of the species, but I would say you know, that I'm trying to help others become vital for searching for life elsewhere in the universe, which Mm. might have more impact on our survival over the long term than not. So I, you know, that's a really like pushing it sort of answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good though. Yeah, but you know, trying to figure out how to detect life elsewhere in our solar system and uh, in our galaxy and in our universe is a a pretty important thing. And it's something that, you know, NASA hasn't exactly figured out yet how to actually detect life, not just Mm -hmm. habitability, but life. Right, right. And I think this is something that really requires people from a lot of different backgrounds and disciplines to contribute to. And I feel that the word isn't really getting out about that uh, as much as it should be. And so in, in that way, I'm trying to help help the world help uh, help us detect life elsewhere in mm-hmm. in space. And I think I think that'll say a lot about, you know, our survivability here on Earth, good or bad. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at importantnotimp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Important Not Important, Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us, you know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. (laughs) And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great week.
day. Thanks, guys. <laughs>